0: Is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? What about tattoos? Piercings? What about what I watch on TV? What if the movie or the show has bad language? Or nudity? What about the music I listen to? What if it's not Christian music? What if it's pop or country? Or any other type of music? In other words, as a follower of Christ, what can and can't I do? Hey everybody, and welcome to episode three of my podcast. I just wanted to quickly say thank you to all the positive feedback that I've gotten. I've had a lot of just really encouraging conversations with people who have listened to uh, my first and second episode, and that means a lot to me. Honestly, the reason I wanted to do a podcast to begin with is I love to encourage people, and I love to teach the Bible. And so this podcast, I wanted to encourage people by teaching them the Bible. I know that there are so many questions that we all have about our faith, and I really think that we can find the answer, at least most of the time. And, you know, as I point people to answers that the Bible has, I'm really wanting to point you to the Savior that it talks all about. I want to increase your love for Jesus, increase your desire to be obedient to Him, and just allow you to experience the fullness of joy that I've experienced. So as we tackle these issues tonight of what can I drink and eat and do and wear and say— I don't want us to come away with some, you know, formulaic textbook type answer. I want us to really, you know, dig deep and find out why things are the way they are. And I think that we're going to be pleasantly surprised with the takeaway tonight. I would say most of these issues, not all of them, but most of them are simply wisdom issues. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. We can put those issues under a couple different categories. Um, I'm going to actually divide tonight's podcast into three different sections. The first one is, what do we do when the Bible says things specifically in the Old Testament, such as, don't mark your skin, don't pierce your skin. What do we do with that today? Because that is in there. Section two is going to be discussing things that are permissible, things that the Bible says that we can do, they're not necessarily sinful, but does that mean that we should do it? And then section three, I'm just going to answer the questions in kind of a rapid spitfire uh, manner, the questions that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Tonight, I actually have my husband, Blake, here with me, and he is going to help me do section one, where we talk about tattoos and other things that the Old Testament prohibits and what we do with those today. All right, sweetheart, I'm literally going to hand the mic to you, so uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say.
1: Hey, babe. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tattoos and piercings. Yeah, I think the verse that you're referring to is found in the book of Leviticus, Chapter 19, Um, and I'll actually just read that real quick. All right, so Leviticus 19, verse 28 says, You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. And so, yeah, what do we do with that? I guess everyone who's pierced their ears or gotten a tattoo is just living in blatant, unrepentant sin, according to this verse, right? Uh, Well, it's more complex than that. Uh, For example, we find just a few verses earlier that you're not supposed to wear two different kinds of garments. So anyone wearing cotton or polyester blend in their t-shirt is also living in sin under that same sort of logic. But on the other hand, there are some enduring verses within the same chapter that says something to the effect of You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall not take vengeance on him or bear a grudge. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, for I am the Lord. That's in verse 17. So how do we distinguish between these verses, what is applicable to us today, and what was uniquely applied to Israel during their time? Well I think a healthy starting place in understanding how to approach these sort of issues is first and foremost understanding why these verses were written in the first place. Namely, why did God forbid the people of Israel from doing these things? Well, fortunately for us, I think that the answer is pretty clear. There's a constant refrain throughout the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that the people of Israel not ought not participate in these customary practices of the surrounding nations, for they were often done in reverence to a false deity. Listen to this some of these verses contained in this very chapter. Uh, Starting in chapter 19, God says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Do not turn to idols or make for yourselves any gods of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. On the heels of our piercing and tattoo verse in chapter 20, he says, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I the Lord, am the Lord your God. And then again in chapter 20, he says, You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. So there's this ongoing warning throughout the the legal code of the Old Testament that warns Israel from falling into idolatry, worshiping other gods, and ultimately falling away from the living God that is. And so a large majority of these laws are given So that Israel will be distinct, set apart, the term that the Bible uses, holy and different from the surrounding pagan, uh, false god-worshipping peoples. And so maybe at this point, many of you might say, well, Blake, that's great and all, but you still haven't told me whether or not I can have a tattoo. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, let's try to bring this home. First of all, If something is clearly stated in the New Testament, then you ought not to do it. For example, in the Old Testament, it says that you ought not to be drunk. And in the New Testament, it says that you ought not to be drunk. These things are abiding, and it's because it's rooted in an ongoing principle. Namely, drunkenness is the opposite of how a follower of God should walk. He should walk by the Spirit, sober-minded, according to 1 Peter chapter 4. Aware of the current realities, the fact that God is the sovereign Lord of the universe and will return to judge the living and the dead, and that our time here is brief and we ought to live accordingly, whereas drunkenness is outside of your right mind, not making conscious, sober, healthy decisions. We find other abiding principles, for example, caught up in the character of God. God is never going to change his mind on the issue of adultery, for example, or murder. Mm. They are contrary to his very nature. And so today, just as it was said among the people of Israel, we do not murder. We ought not to commit adultery because they are opposed to the very heart of God. And lastly, I think it's helpful to think of the law in three parts. It has been suggested that the law can be understood as moral civil, and ceremonial. And while those categories aren't always neat and defined in the Old Testament, I think it, generally speaking, is a helpful mechanism to to understand the law by. And so, that being said, commandments like, you shall not tattoo your body or have piercings, well, as they were culturally applied, even then, we ought to think of them through a cultural lens today and ask ourselves, is there something about this particular thing that would cause me to fall away from the living God? Or is there something about this particular thing that would reflect to a watching world that I worship something other than the living God? I'm living like the world, acting like the world, etc. So in the case of piercings, culturally, for a woman to... Her ears, for example, is pretty universally accepted, at least to my knowledge. And so Amber, for example, has her ears pierced and we wouldn't have a problem with Lydia having her ears pierced either. As to tattoos, Amber and I are from a rural southern context and that tattoos among preachers is not always received well. Tattoos among people serving in ministry is not always received well. Rightly or wrongly, that is the cultural disposition of where we grew up. And moreover, we always planned on traveling as missionaries, which we now are. And we weren't sure how tattoos would be received in our place, our future place of service either. And so, although if you asked Amber, she would tell you that she... Really, really wants a tattoo. <laughs> I
0: do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've decided, at least for now, that it's best that she does not have one, because in particular cultures, it may genuinely be a stumbling block, something that causes us to lose the ear of a would-be listener.
0: And actually, this is a perfect transition to my points two and three. Blake, thank you so much for explaining all that. I feel like you did a really good job. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. As Blake spoke about earlier, the law was given to the Israelites at a specific time and place in history. It was always given as a result of sin. Uh, You'll never see any laws given arbitrarily. They're always given when the people basically went crazy and did some really awful stuff. Um, Those of us that are parents, we know that we often have to give our children laws and rules, rather, to hedge their sin I know for me in particular, I might say to Lydia, please don't hit your brother. And so she'll stop hitting him, but then she'll start poking him. So then I say, please stop poking your brother, to which she stops poking him. But then she just like takes her finger and just like barely touches him continually. And to which I have to say, just quit touching your brother altogether. I'm constantly having to do new, more creative laws because our sins... Can be super creative the bible says we invent new ways to do evil and so the law was given to protect god's people from idolatry from falling into sin with the surrounding nations and so it's important that we read the bible the way it wants to be read and that's how it wants us to read it the law is not for um or those types of laws rather do not hold for us today things about you know tattoos or anything that would be um you know culturally applicable As Blake was talking, I was reminded of Galatians 5, verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the first two commandments God gave us was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If they did these things, there would be no need for the hundreds of laws that they were given by God. You know, If my daughter just loved her brother as herself, I wouldn't have to tell her not to hit him, not to poke him, not to touch him. I would just say, please love your brother, and she would um, not bother him. (laughs) She would love him well. And so it's important to know that the point of the law is so that we would love God. And so as we transition here to our second point, if something isn't specifically forbidden in the New Testament— Well, does that mean that's just a license for us to just go all out and just, you know, do the thing whenever we want in whatever way that we want? Does that mean we, uh, you know, go out and just cover our body with tattoos? Well, again, as Blake said earlier, I actually would love a tattoo, but we're from the South and um, that bothers a lot of people. And so I'm going to actually provide Bible verses as to... How to navigate these situations when something really bothers people. Something that's not sinful. It is not a sin to get a tattoo. Let me just say that very clearly. But it bothers some people. And it actually might cause me to lose my gospel witness. And so I'm just not going to do it. Um, Let me just provide some really helpful verses on the issues that I call wisdom issues. Should I drink alcohol? Obviously not get drunk. We already spoke to that. But should I drink alcohol? Should I get a tattoo? You know, what can I watch on TV? What kind of music can I listen to? Just this all-encompassing blanket of you know of things that we could run into on a daily basis that we're not sure how to navigate. So let me get uh, get into these verses here, and I think you are going to be super encouraged because I think they're just so clear on what we do. I'm starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Just for some context, Paul is talking about uh, food that is sacrificed to idols. Um, back then, there were pagans that um, sacrificed animals uh, to these false gods. And then they would uh, serve the meat to people. You know, They would cook it, and you could go to, I guess, a market or something like that and get that meat and take it home and eat it. Well, a lot of people were really bothered by that. A lot of Christians were like, I don't want to eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols, to this false God. And so Paul addresses this. He says, you know, um, look, we all know that there's only one God. These idols aren't real. They're not real gods. Uh, There's only one God, you know, the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. He says that in verse 6. But here's what he says in verse 7 and onward. Listen very carefully. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours, so this right, he says, to eat food offered to idols, this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. He says in verse 12, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Verse 13, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. That's pretty serious stuff. Like, look, if you are in the presence of a brother or sister in Christ and they are very bothered by something that you're doing, that's not a gospel issue. It's not like they're bothered that you're reading your Bible or that they're bothered that you, you know, are are preaching that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, Those things we we don't compromise on. But if they're bothered by what you're eating, don't eat it. Don't do it. If they're bothered by something that you're wearing, don't do it. You are literally destroying them. And Paul says, sinning against Christ because you've made something that is your right. You've used it to trample this other person. And it's just not worth it. Romans chapter 14, verse 15 reiterates this exact same concept. He says, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So this is really hard for us. Sometimes we are right. We are correct. We have a right to do something. We have a right to eat whatever we want. All food is clean before the Lord. And we don't really have this issue today. You know, I don't think many people are bothered by what we eat. um, But maybe you have a friend who's a vegetarian and they just really are bothered by people eating meat in front of them. Well, it's your right to eat meat. They're wrong if they judge you. They're actually wrong if they judge you harshly in their heart. But you don't need to give them a reason to judge you. You need to just yield to them. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I'm saying. And that is so hard for us to do, especially in our American culture. When we think we have a right to do something, we don't like to back down. We don't like to yield to somebody else. But the Bible says to do that. It says that um, with our knowledge, we destroy the person for whom Christ died. That is not acting in love. Just yield to the person for they they have a weaker conscience. And so keep these verses in mind. I'm going to give you one more. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians, this time chapter 9, right after chapter 8, which is talking about the food offered to idols. Um, Paul says here in verse, verse 19, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means, I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. That's really powerful. Basically, if you do something that is your right but it causes you to lose a witness for the gospel to the surrounding world, you know, to lost people, or it grieves your brother or sister in Christ, then you don't need to do it. So I feel like that's pretty clear. These are wisdom issues because we need wisdom to decide what we do and how and when. Now, maybe it's hard for you to, you know, to come to a conclusion on what is, you know, the healthy thing to do, in which case you can ask your other brothers and sisters in Christ what they do. You can ask your lost friends like, hey, would it bother you if I did this? You need to talk to people. You know, you need to pray about things. We have to be careful. We are in front of a watching world, and they notice hypocrisy. You know, people aren't stupid. They notice when we're not, you know, walking the walk, and we're just talking the talk. So now I'm going to transition to section three, where I just specifically answer certain topics and certain questions, given the information that we've gone over in sections one and two. So can I have a tattoo? Absolutely. It is not a sin. Absolutely you can, but you need to be wise on the culture you live in. Would it cause you to lose your witness to a lost world? Would it really bother your brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, You know, do you have the money to do it? Of course, don't go out and, you know, go in debt to get a tattoo. I would say that's not wise. Um, Don't, you know, go in debt just to get something fun. I would say don't ever do that, regardless of what it is, you know. Don't buy a new outfit if you really don't need it and you don't have the money for it, you know. It's just a wisdom area. Um, Can I drink alcohol? Well, we know we can't get drunk. The Bible says that so many times. And says that those that live in drunkenness, we ought to question their salvation because they're living in a manner that is opposite of how a Christian should live. But as far as whether you can just drink alcohol, first of all, Jesus did. He drank wine. He turned water into wine. Um, I think we can look at that as an example and say, absolutely not. That's not a sin in no way, shape, or form. But as many of us know, those of us that live in the South, that really bothers people. That really bothers people. And so uh, we don't drink alcohol. We actually have signed a covenant with um, our mission agency, all of us do, that say we are prohibited from drinking alcohol because even though we can, it would lose our witness with so many people and it's just not worth it. It's not worth, you know, trying to argue this theologically with the lost person that lives down the street from me. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to give them any reason to think that I am a bad person. Um, it's just not worth it. It doesn't taste so good that it's, you know, worth losing my witness over. Um, so I would say if that bothers you, if drinking alcohol, um, really bothers you and you seeing people around you drinking, it really upsets you. Just be encouraged that they aren't sinning. Um, you don't have to do it yourself, but I would just say, you know, cut them some slack. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, you, still, you don't have to participate. You shouldn't violate your conscience. You know, the Bible does say that. Like, if, if you're violating your conscience, then you're sinning. You know, if you feel like you really ought not to do something. If it's not wise for you, then by all means, don't join in. But at the same time, just know that they aren't sinning, you know. And so, you know, just don't judge them too harshly. And just, you know, bear with one another and be loving and understanding that that's their choice to do that. Um, can I listen to country music or pop music? I would say as long as it's not filled with expletives and just really dirty, nasty things that is counter the character of God, there's nothing wrong with listening to a love song, with listening to, um, you know, a song that's not a Christian song, as long as it's not about something that's just wicked, you know, um, then there's nothing wrong with that. But I would say if it's just filled with, you know, really ugly things, um, really ugly, dirty language, that's not really something we're supposed to do um, because, you know, if we are enjoying listening to vulgarities, if we are enjoying consuming sinful things on the regular and we're filling our mind with that, that's not really a characteristic of a Christian. And so we have to be careful with what we're consuming. It's one thing if we're watching a movie with vulgarity, and that's part of the reason we're enjoying it. Um, It's another reason if we're watching a movie, for example, on human depravity, and they're using language and, you know, there's violence, which, of course, we know in a movie, nobody's really getting hurt, so that helps. Um, You know, I, I think there's value in, you know, consuming things that make us think about, you know, how bad humans can be, but... You just, again, you have to be wise, and I would not encourage anybody to get as close to the line as possible. You know, I would not encourage anybody to, you know, how many movies can I watch that are bad for me and still be a Christian? You know, we have to make sure that we are regularly uh, loving God and loving neighbor. And I don't know that we can do that if we're enjoying listening to and watching things. On the regular, that are not, you know, glorifying to God. And when it comes to our own speech, you know, what we say, for example, Ephesians 5 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Uh, Jesus himself actually says that we will give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word that we speak. So we have to be careful what we say as well. You know, let your speech be seasoned with with salt. Um, I'm not here to say, uh, you know, what words you definitely should avoid. I I think you get my drift. Um, We never want to be as wicked as possible and still call ourselves a Christian. We want to be as holy as possible because as Blake spoke about earlier, you know, Leviticus says, you know, God says in Leviticus, be holy for I am holy. When it comes to nudity in movies and TV shows, Blake and I personally have a zero tolerance policy. We look at a parental guide or something of that nature beforehand. And if it says that there's nudity, then we just don't watch it. Um, You know, God, you know, as Blake said earlier, God's very clear on some moral standards that have withheld the test of time, such as, you know, adultery, um, fornication, anything like that. And so, you know, when there's, for example, violence in a movie, nobody's really getting hurt. That's not real blood. Those are actors. Nobody's hurt. They're being paid to do that. They're probably having fun. Um, But when there's nudity, like, that's a real person. That's their real body that is, you know, being blasted across the screen, like we have no business uh, seeing another person naked that's not our spouse. And so we have, you know, given no provision for the flesh in that regard. And in fact, you know, speaking of Ephesians 5 that I just quoted, um, it says in Ephesians 5, 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. We just can't play with sexual immorality. And so I would say it is not wise to be watching things where people are naked or to read books that are just about sexual relations, you know, like Fifty Shades of Grey. There's just nothing profitable in that for a Christian. I would just say that's incredibly unwise to partake in something like that. So in conclusion, let's just remember what we've gone over this evening. We've gone over the very fact that laws were given to keep God's people holy, to keep God's people distinct. That is a characteristic of a follower of Jesus Christ. We are different. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. A lost person does not. If we have the very Spirit of God indwelling our body, our body is His temple. We ought to be living in a wise manner. I feel like this is reiterated over and over again in the Bible, and we ought to just live a distinct life before the world. That being said, we have to use wisdom with what we do because we don't live in a way that is a stumbling block to others. We don't live in a way that says that our God is something other than Jesus Christ or that we are enjoying sin. We we also don't want to be the weaker person who is always bothered by something that someone else does. We don't want to constantly judge others in our heart if they have a tattoo or if they enjoy drinking alcohol every once in a while or if they might dress differently or anything like that. We want to try to withhold judgment and love them. And on the other side of the coin, we don't want to live in a way that would bother others, that would cause them to stumble, or that would cause us to lose our witness. And so the beautiful thing about being a Christian is we just get to enjoy God. We get to enjoy and love God We have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. We have been reconciled to God the Father through His Son. This is just a beautiful, beautiful reality and truth. And we don't have to constantly worry about losing our salvation, as I spoke about in the previous podcast. We just get to walk in a way that glorifies God and shows that we love Him. And so we ought to be wise with a watching world but we are free to do so many things as long as those things glorify God and show that we're distinct and don't hurt those around us. So this is just a beautiful thing. So I would just encourage you, whatever helps you love God, do that. Whatever helps you not love God, don't do that. As always, thanks for listening to my podcast. Please feel free to give me feedback or questions that you might have. You can send me a message on Facebook or you can email me at blamibo.go at hushmail.com. That's B-L-A-M-I-B-O dot G-O at hushmail.com. Thank you and God bless.